Welcome to How They Get Stuff Done, where we ask people about the productivity habits behind their success. I'm your host, Peter Akis. Today I'm speaking with Sabiasachi Sengupta. Originally from India, Sabi now lives and works in Amsterdam as a business developer at ABN AMRO. He's an accomplished speaker, having won the European Championship of Public Speaking, and he speaks professionally even during global pandemics. Sabi recently published What's Your Plan B? Turn Adversity into Your Benefit, which couldn't be more timely. Sabi and I discuss how he found the discipline to write a book in addition to working full-time, what motivates him to keep showing up, what his morning routine looks like, and much more. Enjoy the show. Okay, Sabiasachi Sengupta, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Peter. It's lovely to, to have you here. We are here on the final day of 2020 uh, in what is a somewhat sunny Amsterdam. And for those of you listening at home, you can't see this, but Sabi and I actually managed to meet face-to-face for this. In 2020, no one can imagine that can happen, but we made it happen in the last day of the year. We made it happen, and I'm, I'm very glad that we did. So thank you very much for being here. My pleasure. So, Sabi... I think a lot of people, when they hear me introduce you, they think he's a pretty accomplished and successful guy. And what I would like to know is, you know, outwardly, you look successful and productive. You have written a book, published a book. Um, You're an accomplished speaker. You also have a full-time job. How productive and successful do you feel? Honestly speaking, I feel I can do so much more. I personally don't think I'm very productive. When I look at someone like you, I feel like I can be much more structured, much more disciplined. The thing is, I actually like myself when I'm more structured and disciplined, and that's the only way I can get things done. Um, I I, I used to like working in chaos, but I think uh, with age, I feel the most, uh, most structured I am. It helps, especially if you want to do more than one thing at a time. It really, really, really helps. Uh, on there days when I don't feel productive? Yes, there's, there are a lot of days. And I think the good thing is to remember not be too hard on yourself days when you're not that productive. Well, although I am hard on myself on the days when I'm not productive and uh, plan it how you want to approach the next day. Do I consider myself very successful? I think I'm just trying to make a mark like all of us here. And the easiest and the most comfortable way for me to do it is to be structured. I know people who find success find success as being by being chaotic and doing things off the cuff. I am not that. I need clarity. I need planning. I need structure. Otherwise, I feel lost. So it is. It is. I do it in a structured way because it is easier and convenient method for me. And I think that having the self awareness to know what works and doesn't work for you yeah. is super important. Well, you know, this this really, uh, when I was in India as a st- student and as a kid, uh, you're not structured as a kid. You know, you I didn't enjoy my study, so I wouldn't study, study, study. And then the last day, there is a mountain of studies to do. And India is extremely competitive. If you don't get good grades, you cannot get into good school, good colleges and all these things. And then on the last day, I would regret, man, I wish I had studied Uh, a month back I wish I had studied at least a week back then I didn't have to go through this madness on the very last day and I do know that more than studying I was more stressed like there was 50% study and 50% stressed oh my god I have to study oh my god I have to study and it's not a nice feeling and 
in the end it would I, it would show on my uh, grades and once in a blue moon when i did plan and study throughout the year for a subject i saw that i got good grades and i was not stressed i was actually relaxed on the day before exam and i could go smoothly and that is something uh, a habit i try to bring into my adult life when i'm doing things that i really enjoy i'm very passionate about like speaking writing uh working and uh, i'm trying to be more structured and so you learn from your past experience mm-hmm. that structure works for you and and what does your structure look like these days when you say that you are more structured now mm-hmm. than you used to be um what yeah what does that look like what can we see so there are uh so the the, the thing is what one i i personally do and i i everybody has their own methods is that I think what is a curse of people who are structured and good in planning is that they sometimes and I do that as well they fall in love with their structure and planning so much that when things go wrong they are not able to adapt quickly to the changes. Yeah. So for example for the last 4 years I have been since I started speaking professionally uh at there was a time where I felt like I'm going crazy I don't know how to manage because you know you work towards getting these speaking gigs you work towards being on a big stage and then a week before the big event you realize you don't have a speech and it is extremely nerve-wracking because you are your reputation your credibility everything is at stake and i didn't want to be in that zone again so at the start of every year um i make 10 to 12 plans for myself these are the things i want to do achieve and some are as basic as okay one month of no alcohol and some are more concrete like i want to finish a book uh or do 10 uh, speeches this year uh and and i every morning keep a tap on that now this year was i think one of the most difficult years because a lot of planning that i had uh could not materialize because of covid uh the world changed everything changed so very painfully i had to take out three four planning out of that schedule and make a covid-19 backup plan which meant okay now i'm working from home but i'll go for a run twice a week i will uh eat healthy i will uh, you know finish this much in the book so those backup plans uh, i implemented and i saw instead of sitting that with with the disappointment that my plans are not materializing i was able to quickly adapt now and i also make short term plans which is my daily routine um which is right now a little diff- different but i can tell you like last one year how it has been when i was writing the book i w- i'm never a early riser but i disciplined myself to wake up in the morning in 6 6 in the morning in fact few minutes before 6 like 5:40 5:45 so i get 10 minutes of slouching you know just being lazy so that's my uh, gift to myself 10 minutes of being lazy then I'll start with a coffee um then i go to freshen up i take 1 minute of cold shower to force myself to wake up and it's like someone <laughs> slapped you right on the face when you take that cold shower in the morning and by 6:30 or quarter to 7 i start writing or working on the book i do that till 8:30 8:40 depends on the day then i'm uh, i have a cup of tea in the balcony for 5 minutes i play a song um and uh after that I do a little bit of exercise and then i start with my work at the bank which goes from 9 to 5 5:30 depends on the day there were days when i would twice a week go during lunch time for a short run 5k 10k sometimes depends on the day and the weather 
and uh, it was a and but but the only problem is by 6 p.m. I am dead when the whole world wakes up and they are like let's go for a drink let's do this and I am dead but I didn't complain because I had done so much I had worked out I had done my work I had done my speaking work my book work uh, everything in one day uh, I also what helped me is to chalk out activities where I end up spending too much time for example uh, spending time watching youtube videos spending time watching tv shows spending time too much on the shower so i have uh, the only thing i have not been able to cut down is those youtube videos sometimes you get distracted with especially when you're working on a laptop it's so easy to just jump to a tab and watch youtube videos that's the only thing i have not yet controlled tv series i'm only allowed to watch if i'm having lunch or dinner that's the only time that's how i finished the entire seasons of uh, money heist uh <laughs> over lunch and dinner oh, that's the only time i'm allowed yeah. to watch tv uh when i'm in the shower uh, it's i play songs uh, my favorite being light of the seven which is like a 10 minute songs song uh before the song is over i'm out of the shower so very structured yes and and some days disciplined yeah it really helps because that is one uh thing that really gives you you know you grip you have a grip of the time and not just with the shower but there are many activities like uh you, i get distracted very fast i think it's a problem with a lot of people i give you a classic example like today um i was like okay i'm going to take out the dishes from the dishwasher and then write this email but as i'm taking out the dish dishes i got distracted and i started doing something else and this dishes are there and then i have wasted half an hour so these kind of non productive activities non creative activities i have put timeline so okay, i play a 5 minute song within the 5 minutes i have to empty the dishwasher and uh, you know do the next activity so cooking has been always linked synced with songs so, so that i don't like okay if it takes more time it takes more time but i'm not just getting distracted you know i have a time limit to finish it creative work you cannot put timeline when i'm right when i was writing the book i did not pressure myself that i'm 30 minutes i have to come up with an idea because there's no way uh, it works so it's good to know for me it was what is a creative work which wasn't creative and give them that same attention yeah i think your daily routine especially while you are writing the book may sound to a lot of people as taking so much willpower or discipline because you said you get up at 6 in the morning which people may not be used to or even just waking up and doing the same thing every day i think a lot of people find that tricky and i know i'm always thinking about the balance between doing what i feel like doing in the moment right which to some degree i think is healthy and good and at the same time having having structure in your life yeah. because so so what do you do or maybe especially while you were writing the book i think this is probably the most relevant what would you do when you woke up in the morning and you really didn't feel like writing oh it happens a lot uh it it, it did happen a lot it two things i it, you have to you okay one thing is i'll sit with the laptop even though i don't feel like doing it i did not allow myself to do something else it to be sure that i'm not feeling lazy it just sometimes you have a creative bankruptcy um but those two hours are dedicated to my writing there's nothing else i will do in that time so i will sit in on 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 my desk with the laptop staring at what i've written and read maybe go back to yesterday's work here and there and sometimes ideas would come 
but um, I will not allow myself to do something else like start watching a movie for example or go for a run at that point of time that two hours dedicated for this and yes there were days when I didn't get focus I mean it is it is good to know that this happens to everybody and it's but it's good to feel sorry about it because if you don't feel sorry then you will keep repeating that mistake what also helped me was I had um, uh, friends of whom I made accountable partner like uh, I think you know I, uh, I had this deal with my friend Jag where every week we would meet and he would monitor my progress and it helped me because the thing is uh, especially in the lockdown period it was so easy to get distracted now in my work at the bank it's quite a high pressure zone I have worked all my life in high pressure zone in India suddenly if i don't have pressure i get i i am lost i i it, it falls in my priority list it, that, that i think it happens to everybody so to have that pressure and that accountability helped me stay focused you know and and there were times i missed my target i didn't feel like doing it but uh it it it, it happens but it should not happen too frequently otherwise you will not um, reach the target yeah it, it's good to also know what really motivates you. I think one of the things that does motivate me uh, or, or, or I wouldn't say motivate, but um, is, you know, being a public speaker, being on stage, that, that applause is a big thing f- for us. We love that appreciation. At the same time, we're also scared of that, um, uh, of not living up to that appreciation. So, you don't want people to be quiet when you make a joke. <laughs> exactly. So, so uh, I had announced somewhere in June that my book will be ready by end of October when I was nowhere close to being ready only because I wanted to put myself under that pressure that I will finish it in 100 days um, I people find me crazy when I say this but uh, goal is a dream with a deadline and if there is no deadline it's not going to uh, finish I mean it, it will take ages and delay 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 sometimes like I didn't finish in October it went to November but that's because I, there were substantial, there were good reasons for me to push it by three weeks. Things were a little delayed. But delaying it indefinitely is, you know, you're just kicking the can uh, down the road. And um, I work great with deadlines. It really motivates me. And sometimes I just announce things in advance because it puts so much pressure on me that I've promised I'm going to finish it by then. Uh, so it does, it does stress, but in the end you get things done. And so this is, again, a piece of self-awareness that you have. And that's something that I try to tell my students all the time, too, is I'm making suggestions, but like you are you and you're not me. And so what works for me may not necessarily work for you. It's great to understand it for you. The external motivations like deadlines really work, whereas for me personally, I hate deadlines, whether I set them (laughs) myself or other people set them for me. And so uh, I really like I will start resisting them. And it's it's very counterproductive, actually. So um, let's say you have a deadline coming up, maybe it was writing your book, or even if you're giving a speech, right? Let's say you're giving a speech in two weeks. You mentioned earlier you don't want to leave it until the last minute because you you know that that's a very unpleasant experience, and of course you want to give a good speech. So how do you then get yourself two weeks ahead of time to actually do the work when you could also tell yourself, oh, whatever, I mean, I can start this next week. It's very simple. You know that if this goes down the hill, you're not going to be called again to speak. It is your reputation is at stake. And 
I don't trust my last minute work. I, I cannot, so I can work under normal pressure, but I cannot work very well under the last minute pressure. I know there will be anyways, things will go wrong. I know things will not go according to plan. Uh, but I know myself, I'm not the person who can wink it at the last moment. It's good to know that about yourself. Some people can, good for them. I'm not that person. And uh, I remember once a family friend of ours told this, and I always believe this as one of the gospel truths of my life, is that success is a product and not a sum of three things. It's a product. Your merit, your effort, and your luck. Luck is unpredictable. We cannot control it. Merit, I think we all have more or less the same. If not, that's not something you can uh, change a lot. Yeah. You know, you, it's, it's not really in your control. The only thing that you can uh, man manage, manipulate and control is efforts. And that is something um, I have always believed in. Um, you know, I my friends sometimes get angry when I say that I, I consider myself very mediocre. I consider my skills as a speaker, writer, banker, everything mediocre. It is that's that's my merit level. Luck, I don't we can't count on it. It's the effort where I can tweak, where I can make the difference. And when it comes to that, I if I'm passionate about it, I will leave no stones unturned. And you mentioned it's a product of those three ingredients because if you put in no effort, it's zero. There will be no results. Yeah. And in spite of everything, if your luck is bad, corona happens, you're still zero, but that's unfortunate. But luck will not, not always be zero. You know, um, great ideas never die. It, it's just a matter of time. It may not see life today, but it will see life tomorrow. Yeah. I want to go back to something you said earlier where you mentioned that you had to change. Um, I don't know if it was your daily routine, but at least when the pandemic hit, mm -hmm. you started doing things a little bit differently. And yeah. Um, that relates to the topic of your book, right? What's your plan B? Turn adversity into your benefit. So coronavirus, the whole global pandemic, it's a massive adversity yep. event. So what changes did you make in your personal life to continue to be effective, productive, whether that's for your job or for your speaking, which I suppose is very different as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. or for your writing? What changes did you make as a result of the pandemic? First thing was accepting it, to be fair. Like when the, I remember when we were announced at, when, uh, announced at work that we're going to be working from home. We had the team A and B. I remember going up to my manager and said, how long do you think this will last? I mean, I, I want Couple to come weeks. back. <laughs> yeah, he said, maybe June, you know, at least June, you know. Like, man, the June, that's this March. I'm talking March 2020. June, that's like, oh my God, three months from home. And here we are in December, nothing has changed. It's going to be like this for a while. <laughs> it's going to be like this for a while. This is going to be the new reality. Um, it, it, the first thing I did was accept this. You know what? This is what it is. We are not going to go back to the normal. And, you know, I had those three months and I thought, you know what? I'm saving one hour of daily commute. Let me use that time prudently. And that I use that time in the book. That extra time that I got out where I didn't have to get ready. You know, don't have to iron my shirt put on the blades, put on the, my suit or go take the metro. I use that in the book and uh, that really helped. So you know, in February, when we were still going to work, um, I would still get up at six, take a shower, coffee um, by 6.30 and by till 7.30, I got only one, one hour to work on the book. And then I would have to get ready to go to work. Now I got two hours. Now I can sit and cry about that fact that I can't go to work or I can use this two hours to maximum advantage. Um, 
initially I did not meet people because there was a lot of scare but I, I am very lucky that I have amazing friends like you in my life who have made time for me for going for walks uh, you know all the all the social things that we are allowed to do within the protocols of COVID-19 um, I, I did and that kept me going I am a very social person I love the human contact it is it keeps me energy to talk to people, talk to inspiring people like you. And it, it did hit me hard the first one or two months, but I put my energy into my work and I started running. Uh, I did notice that when I run, I do something physical activity. It also keeps my mind active and I was pretty happy. And I think, and, and you know what happens is when you do these things and you also post on social media, people are praising you and you feel like, wow, <laughs> I feel good. Everybody likes compliments. You know, we yeah. post on social media to get noticed, liked. It felt really good. And that kept me going till June, July, August. And after that, it became a new reality. I mean, right now, working from home doesn't feel bad at all. It feels like normal, I think. But initially, it was, it was, it was hard. Yeah. Yeah. And... One thing that I admire about you is that you said, this is a different situation. Uh, how can I use this to my advantage, yeah. right? How can I make this, how can I turn this to my benefit rather than what you said, complaining about it? It would have been easy for you to say, okay, I save it an hour on my commute. I guess I get to watch Netflix for an yeah. extra hour a day. And, you know, I think a lot of people listening may be struggling with, especially if they live by themselves or they're not socializing a lot, like you mentioned. Um, maybe now it's the winter season in the nor northern mm -hmm. hemisphere, so going outside may not be as fun. People may be thinking, like, how do you find that motivation? So do you have any suggestion for people? Like, how can they help them, you know, change their mindset from, you know what, I'm going to take it easy, you know, and, and sort of go on TikTok or whatever, <laughs> right? And, and instead do something productive, like writing a book. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, the, co the COVID-19 backup plans that I did, uh, were not one plan. They were like five. I'm trying to remember what were they. So one was running twice a week. One was doing some daily exercises. One was about writing the book and making progress in it. One was, um, I, I, I'm trying to remember, but there were like some creative stuff as well. Like, yes, I remember. Now I remember. I, I did a course earlier this year on sketchnoting, which was like uh, explaining complex business processes and business ideas through cartoon kind drawings, of drawings, right? Drawings. Yeah. And I used that time. So every week I used to draw sometimes about the book, sometimes about how I'm feeling about the COVID-19. And uh, I, I personally feel the moment you start creating something, doesn't matter how small, how big, whether you want to show it to the world, you just want to keep it to yourself, it gives a sense of accomplishment. It gives you a sense of happiness that I created something. Yeah. And that, that happiness is a good starting point to turn adversity into your benefit. Sure. And uh, that was one of the things I did that really kept me uh, going. And and I think wh why I think it goes wrong, this is writing a book is a mammoth task. It is, it is really a lot of work. Uh, it took me two years to write the book yeah. with, with all these things. But what people don't know is, is that the idea of writing the book has been with me since 2015. In 2015, we had a conference in Amsterdam and one of my uh, good friend and a mentor figure, Florian Muck, told me to write a book. He said, authority comes from author. And I said, I don't want to write a book because it's so much work. I don't know what I want to write. And, um, you know, 
you you receive texts from me you know i make grammatical mistakes my my spellings are sometimes all over the place sometimes i just forget the verb or the preposition yeah peter is nodding for people who cannot hear it <laughs> so he he's familiar with all the hey but this is not the stuff that matters like this your storytelling is what matters <laughs> i make a lot of typos and i'm not proud of it i was like how am i going to do this because i wanted to be a speaker not a writer so i thought you know what let me uh, start writing blogs since 2016 till 2020 i think i've written at least 10 to 15 one page blogs and i wrote blogs about things i love so i combined television shows the i love watching tv and movies how you can use examples from tv and movies into public speaking world so whether it was how tom cruise interrogated in the uh, few good men or a scene from django unchained or um, how jessica pearson's body language is in suits or or how claire underwood gave her speech uh, when she became the president in in house of cards uh, how sheldon thanked people in his, in his noble for sorry spoilers in big bang theory <laughs> what to learn from that speech how to thank people i picked up scenes like that where which involved somewhere like public speaking and wrote that and it 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 i really started enjoying doing that uh because there are so many good examples of public speaking in all all these uh, movies like popular culture yeah, yeah 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 like game of thrones how tyrion uses his humor those kind of things and of course i made errors and i asked a friend who was an editor to edit it and she used to say that over the time my writing has improved substantially i make less error more confident in bringing my point out make longer sentences um I'm more creative in how I express because I, one of the things I was afraid of I use the same kind of words again and again. I could see I and now when I read my first and I keep them all in in one folder when I read what the first to last see quantum leap and that's where I got the confidence maybe I'm ready to write a book. Yeah, and surely that's how it went with your speaking as well. The very first time you ever gave a speech it wasn't your most eloquent speech no. ever, right? It just happens over time. No. And I actually wanted to ask you about that because you speak quite a lot and you're accomplished at it and um a lot of people I speak with really struggle with focus and doing something I mean with writing a book it's true but I think especially when you're working on a speech like whether it's you know when you're going from idea to like finalized speech it's very creative work and you really have to focus on it right you cannot do it sort of while you're watching tv or at least i cannot do it while i'm watching tv i need to sort of like go on a walk with without my phone and like nobody talking to me just yep. to think through an idea how do you find that focus when you're giving a speech to flesh out the concept into something that's presentable it it really depends uh, to be fair uh, depends on where i'm speaking so you you part with part of toastmasters sometimes yeah. you have, we have noticed that sometimes toastmasters you just prepare it last minute but of course when it's a contest speech it it takes a lot of preparation i think the most pre- prepared speech i've ever done is my 2014 speech in lyon that i gave when i tried imitated tried to be an actor it was a funny speech and i told my uh, mentor then uh, that uh, jessica that I I I don't want to prepare too much because then I lose my spontaneity. I don't I'm not spontaneous. I'm not fun. It looks too prepared. Uh I don't want to do that. And she told me, "No. When you prepare, yes, your your fun and spontaneousness goes, but then you prepare more than that you reach that level of prep- preparation where it looks everything looks you're speaking from the heart. You're speaking effortless. Uh, effortless. So that's the level you need to reach. and that stayed with me i mean i if you look at my speech i look at myself like 6 years younger 30 kilos lighter i i look at myself i feel like wow i really prepared a lot for it 
uh, I think again it really depends on what motivates you. I am a competitive person. I like to win, and that thing of losing really pushes me that no, I want to put more efforts to yeah. uh, do it well. And so, and and I used to hear these cliches when I was new new to the speaking world. It's not competition with others; it's competition with yourself. But after being in Toastmaster for ten years and done so many speeches, I can tell you it is really competition with yourself that you want to be. When I look at that speech now, I feel like I need to outdo myself now. I need to do a speech even better than my last time, which is not easy, but uh, it is really a competition with yourself and. Yeah. I get motivated with uh, uh, factors that's outside, so a mentor who pushes me, friends who evaluates my speeches, and and a stage that uh, you know seduces me to come up and and speak. So these factors do help me, but everybody has different motivation. You need to know for yourself what motivates you. And so you're really thinking about those motivations as you're doing the work, right? I I. It sounds going to sound bad, but I always say there are only two kind of people in my life. The one who stands behind me, who support me, who know everything when I'm preparing and they're with me in my journey. And there's another who stands in front of me. That's my audience. And I do everything to show to them how I'm preparing. So from the book to the speech and not in a show off way, but in like, look at me, I have something for you. I want to show you. And I, I always think of them like I, I'm doing it. I'm preparing for them. They, they they are coming, they're spending their time, energy to come and listen to me. I owe it to them. I should prepare for it. Great. I love that. All right. I have one final question for you, Sabi, yes. which is you mentioned that you used to get up at 6 a.m. Do you still do this, by the way? Um, the, uh, the last <laughs> two weeks, no. I consciously took a break. Yeah. Um, also, with the book being done, um, I also want to take a little easy. But my plan is from... Uh, Saturday on to be back on that schedule. Okay, let's say you're back on that schedule. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot, uh, about whether I need to get up earlier. And so you'll hear some people talk about the 5 a.m. club and things like that. And it can come across a little bit snobbish to me. People are like, I get up at 5 a.m. And by the time you wake up, I've already done everything, you know? And like, uh, that that never feels right to me because now you're like bragging about it, you know? But it really seems to have worked for you because it helped you write your book. And so one thing that I've been noticing, especially in, in this, it's a darker season now here mm-hmm. in Amsterdam, the later I get up, the less daylight I have to work with. Um, and it also, is, it just feels so good to be productive in the morning and to already feel accomplished. I've done a few things. Yeah. Um, do you have any suggestions for me? Like how, how can I make it easier for myself to um, get up early in the morning at the same time every day? You know, cause sometimes a friend is like, oh, hey, do you want to hang out in the evening? And then we hang out and then, and then what do you do? Uh, yeah, well, that's a tough one because uh, you have to make those unpopular choices. Actually, I've learned that from you. You, you, I, you, I know someone who says, "Look, this is I can't go beyond this. I have to go home and, and sleep." You're you're really good at that. I have made that unpopular choice. You have no idea how many friends call me grandpa uh, right now in my <laughs> friend circle because it's ten o'clock and I'm I'm already feeling sleepy. Um, See, the thing is, uh, there's nothing to brag. I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure even the people who wake up at 5 a.m., I'm, I, I, I'm very confident it's not every day they are super productive. It's, it's impossible. But it's really up to you w- which time of the day you feel the most productive. It is totally your choice. See, the thing what I feel difficult to work in the evening and the night is 
that um, if I don't sleep in a, in a good time, uh, decent time, I feel groggy the next day. I feel like I've not slept enough. I feel I don't feel uh, good about myself. Second thing is um, I cannot keep that work, say the book work uh, at the end of the day because then the pressure is building for me. Like, okay, yeah. I, have to, I haven't done anything. Now it's six o'clock, seven o'clock. And I've seen that when I was going to work that, okay, I'm going to work in the evening. I come back home six you're tired you're tired you have dinner then you're more tired then you look for a reason not to do it somebody calls you let's go for a drink and then you're like okay let me do one drink and then i'm going to come and do it but i come back at 10 i'm not going to work at 10 i know myself because i'm tired and but i do feel the pressure now okay i have to uh, do this what i found convenient for me is get up in the morning get it done with I am now relaxed. Enjoy now, the rest of your day. Enjoy <laughs> the rest of the day. Yeah. And I can go out for a walk with a friend. I can um, go in the evening. You know, one of the biggest advantages of waking up early, it's the best time to reply to everybody's WhatsApp. You, you, <laughs> you know, you receive messages from me six in the morning because everybody, most people text me like eight or nine or 11 and I hate having this to and fro on WhatsApps. I rather call. So I just don't check my phone after six or 7 p.m. And when I wake up at six in the morning, I have tons of messages. I reply to all of them. By the time I get the reply, it's already like nine or ten. And like, you know, I'm already done uh, with my day. So I don't get distracted at all. Uh, But again, you have to when when it comes to um, the social events and everything, you have to be able to say no. That's one thing. Sometimes it's painful. You we all have the form of fear of missing out. But, you know, you have to think of the greater good sometimes. Yeah. Um, and one of the thing I struggled in October, November was that I w- I'd stopped running and exercising. So because I was very much, there was a lot of work at the bank and also work at the book that I could found myself going to bed at 10, but I'm mentally exhausted, but physically not tired enough to fall asleep, which was difficult. So I was... I was like, my eyes were open. I'm trying to sleep, but I can't sleep. That happens. So it's good to do some physical activities as well. Enough to, so that you can, body is tired. Your mind is tired. And next morning you wake up fresh. And as an adult, you should know what time of the day you feel the most productive. Right. No, absolutely. And I think that, so a few lessons that listeners can take from this is, uh, you got to figure out what works for you, right? And um, I like that you're, you know, you've tried a lot of things and you're, you've built up the awareness now. So that's something that I'll take away. And of course, the other lesson that we'll take away for the listeners is you get a batch process your text messages and your WhatsApp messages. <laughs> that's a really efficient thing to do. All right. All right. Um, Sabi, would you like to just tell the listeners again, the title of your book and where they can find it? Uh, well, my book title is What's Your Plan B? And uh, it is available on Amazon. Um, I think that is one uh, platform which uh, where you can find it all over the world in India, America, Netherlands. And if you are in the Netherlands, there are more outlets like bold.com, managementbook.nl. Uh, but for all the global listeners, uh, Amazon is the way to go. You get A to Z there. Great. And uh, we're also going to put the link to your, uh, to your book you. and to your website in the show notes so people can find you. So um, thank you very much for being on the podcast. It's been a great pleasure. It was an amazing way to end the end the year. Thank you, Peter. All right. Thanks. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to get more organized and be more productive, check out my courses. They're over at peteraki's.net. 
You can also subscribe to my newsletter in which I share my insights on productivity with thousands of subscribers every Sunday. Thanks for listening and have an awesome day.